Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Are UFOs deliberately deactivating our nuclear weapons? What do they really want? What's the British point of view on the whole matter? Hey there, and welcome to the 188th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and those questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. Uh, well, since you can't introduce yourself yet, it's contest time! Yeah! Alright, so last week's question was, what is considered the most haunted house in Australia? Well, despite the fact that we have many listeners in Australia, nobody got the answer, though quite a few tried. One wise guy said the answer was Parliament House in Canberra. Uh, the answer we were looking for was the Monte Cristo homestead in Junee, New South Wales. All right, and a lot of people said we should ask easier questions, so this week's head-scratcher is what American author wrote The Shunned House? And if you can have that, call us locally at 401-766-1240 or from anywhere in the U.S. at 800-449-1240. If I don't announce a winner during the show and you still think you have a shot, drop a line to me at bendedbehindtheparanormal.com. Uh, the winner will receive a copy of the Alien Autopsy Casebook by today's guest, who happens to be Philip Mantle. Philip Mantle is a British author, co-author, publicist, lecturer, broadcaster, one of the UK's leading UFO researchers and editor of UFO Matrix magazine. Mr. Mantle has appeared internationally on radio and television, has written countless articles for newspapers and magazines, and is the author or co-author of a number of books, including Without Consent... Uh, which is about UFO abductions in the UK, Beyond Roswell, Alien Evidence, Alien Contact, and more. He is particularly expert in the matter of the infamous Alien Autopsy film released in 1995. His websites include www.healingsofatlantis.com, www.philipmantle.com, Philip with one L, philipmantle.com, and ufomatrix.com. All right, and this interview was pre-recorded on October 20th, so we take live calls. Oh, we but, can't take live. Oh, we can't. Can't repeat. Well, we can't. take live calls, but but not to ask Philip any questions since he's not. Really yeah. Here. So, but if you do have questions, drop a line to us at Paul at behindtheparanormal.com, and we'll forward them to Mr. Mantle. Okay. Here we go. Uh, UFO sightings are supposedly increasing throughout the world. Uh, what's the situation in the UK? Um, I think it's it's fairly similar here in the UK, Paul. Um, we've had a lot of interest over the last three, three or four years, of course, when the Ministry of Defence released the uh, UFO files to the National Archives here for the first time. That created a lot of interest, a lot of news media, and um, as a result, you know, a lot of people came forward with their sightings, both old and new. Unfortunately, mixed in, in amongst all this, we had a uh, on almost an outbreak, if you like, of these Chinese balloons that have been floating around. Now, initially, these glowing orange things in the night sky caused a lot of consternation. People weren't familiar with them, uh, but reported them as UFOs, of course. So it's been difficult sorting the wheat from the chaff. But I think it's fair to say there certainly has been a, a, an overall increase, yes. That's, I'm surprised. You, I'm pleased that you mentioned Chinese balloons because I, I remember an incident at our family reunion a few years ago when I was standing there by a lake uh, with an Air Force colonel, U.S. Air Force colonel, and we were uh, de debating learnedly what this light was across the lake in the sky, and he was, oh, well, those are landing lights, and, this, and it was a Chinese balloon. 
So uh, anyone can be fooled, I suppose. Absolutely. I mean, we had an incident a couple of years ago with a, um, a police helicopter in Wales. And uh, it was a, it, although it was a, belonged to the police, it was actually piloted by a civilian crew. And they came very close to one of these things while they were in flight. And they, you know, didn't know what it was. It caused a huge sensation here, hit the headlines in the newspapers and so on. But nonetheless, it was nothing more than one of these Chinese lanterns. And, and uh, you know, it can fool the best of us at, at times, I'm afraid. Indeed. Now, are the, the sightings of what would might be considered legitimate uh, UFOs, uh, are they more common around military bases in Britain? Not really, no. Um, I mean, you have to understand, you know, um, with the UK, we're, we're a very small country. These little islands, uh, we're all crammed in. And I have been involved for 30 years or, or more now, and it, what appears to be concentrations of sightings are nowhere near the, the military bases. For example, I, I live in the north of England, and we have a chain of hills called the Pennine Hills. And areas in and around the Pennines, year in, year out, seem to have a concentration of sightings. Uh, and there are no military bases in these areas. Some of them are quite sparsely populated, you know, in the hills and the dales and up on the moors. You know, Heathcliff territory and all that kind oh, yes. of thing, you know, <laughs> Wuthering Heights. Mm -hmm. uh, so, for whatever reason, it, it, it's... But, it, but having said that, back in the 1960s, of course, the sort of UFO hotspot in the UK was a town called Warminster in Wiltshire. Oh, yes. Uh, in the West Country, and of course, Warminster, one of the things it does have there is a big military garrison. It's a training facility, and that lies on the edge of Salisbury Plains, and Salisbury Plains is, even today, is still one of the main military training areas in the UK. So it, it's a kind of a yes and no, but it tends to be more in the rural areas rather than anywhere else. I see. And uh, you're in Yorkshire, is that correct? I'm in Yorkshire, yes. Uh, born and bred. I love that accent. <laughs> uh, now, uh, we've done 10 hours uh, on the air, Philip, uh, so far with our Return to Rendlesham series on the radio here in... in uh, and CBS and, and a local station in New England here uh, about the, of course, 1980 UFO events surrounding the NATO bases in Suffolk. Now, when we get to the subject of alleged nuclear weapons stored at the base, which, of course, is a sore subject, uh, and the UFO shining lights on, on the weapon storage area, you're familiar with the stories of that, and so are our listeners, uh, nobody's talking. Uh, what info do you have on any interactions or possible interactions between UFOs or alleged UFOs and uh, nuclear weapons? Well, I mean, it, it, it's an interesting statement. I mean, it is a fact. It's not an allegation. It is a fact that nuclear weapons were stored at those bases. Uh, at, at that time, for example, we had the peace campaign this year at another installation, uh, and they were at the wrong place. The, where they were uh, stationed, you know, outside with their banners. There were no, no nuclear weapons there. They were, they were down at, uh, at, at Woodbridge, at Bentwaters. That's where they were. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate. I met uh, Colonel Holt some years ago, uh, and he had retired at that point. And I've only ever met him the once, and he just refused to comment on the, um, on, on, the, on the nuclear weapons, which I would expect him to do. He was a military career officer, wasn't hiding to anything. He was just doing what he should have done. Of course. But I've, spoke, I've also spoken to, um, to others who, who were there, and they have confirmed that, you know, it, it's common knowledge now that nuclear weapons were stored there. And Colonel Holt himself will tell you. Uh, that, you know, whatever these things were that he, he observed did shine lights down on the weapons storage area. 
and you can speculate as to why that may have been, what it may have been, and, and so on. But the fact is, that's what they've, they've now stated. And there's nothing sinister behind why Colonel Holt didn't speak out to begin with. He was a military officer doing his duty, which I think, you know, is to his credit. That's what you would expect him to do. But then, you know, once the base closed, it became known that nuclear uh, weapons had been stored there. So he felt he didn't have to keep it quiet anymore. So, you know, I mean, I, I'm also the editor of, of um, a new magazine in the UK, although you can, yeah, yeah it's UFO Matrix. UFO Matrix, right. And you can get that in the States as well. Now, in the next issue, which is issue number three, we're doing a Rendlesham special, with it being the anniversary. And we even have some new civilian witnesses who were, who were stationed, who lived nearby, who claimed to have seen things as well. So, yes. you know, it's one of those stories, Paul, that, that simply, you know, will not go away despite the best efforts of the skeptics. And uh, a, a, a chap I know, I've known him a long while, he's a chap by the name of Dr. David Clark here in the UK. He's a well-known skeptic. But even Dr. Clark will say the two main witnesses, which is Jim Pennison and John Burroughs, you know, on the first night, he says, I do not know what those gentlemen saw. Mm -hmm. You know, I cannot explain what they saw that night in the forest. He thinks he can explain what Colonel Holt may have seen, but even even he is, is, is at a loss to try and explain the, the, the initial sightings in the forest. And, um, you know, hopefully when, you, you know, the, the incident gains some publicity at the end of the year, which I'm sure it will do, maybe something new will come out. Uh, and, and, and let's just wait and see. Well, perhaps. Yes, that's it. Well, on our shows, we've been uh, talking with Nick Pope and all the, the witnesses we can get hold of, and it's, uh, it's quite, a, quite, a, quite a story. It certainly is. Now, th there are two, and I don't know if you know any more about this than I do, but there have been rumors that at times, at various places uh, around the world where nuclear weapons are stored, the weapons have been deactivated, supposedly, by interaction with UFOs, but there have been other reports, unconfirmed, of course, that the UFOs have retargeted the missiles, something I find rather chilling. Have you ever heard of anything of that nature? I mean, I've, I've, I think you're referring to people like Robert Hastings and so on in yes. their research. Yes. Uh, I've heard no more than that, to be perfectly honest. And, um, for example, there's, there's, I know one of the incidents that they, they have, have researched back in the 1960s, again in the States, um, has been challenged. I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm not, you know, casting any aspersions in that direct, direction. But a gentleman has contacted me, wanted to write for the magazine, saying, you know, his father was the commander at one of these particular bases, and they got that particular incident all wrong. So again, it's good that they've got their 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 research out into the open, where you know it can be scrutinised, can be examined. And some people may come forward and say, well, I think you may have got that little bit wrong. And, but others may come forward and confirm what they're saying. So, you know, I wish them well, but it's not an area I've dealt with, to, to be perfectly honest. I see. Okay, well, on, on the matter of, um, well, I wanted to get into the matter of the alien autopsy film. You've, you've made a particular study of that. And this was a film released, was it 1995, I believe? And, That's uh, right. I mean, I was first contacted by its, its, its promoter, uh, Ray Santilli, in 1993. And over a, a year and a half period, you know, I asked, can I see the film? Yes, no, yes, no. It went backwards and forwards. 